0: So I feel like I'm starting to learn the conditions that make beautiful singing possible. And it's strange because very few of them seem to be explicitly musical. It seems to me like the situations that are most likely to produce beautiful, harmonious, rich, spontaneous singing are conditions where there's an atmosphere of fearlessness about the judgments of others um, generosity flexibility willingness to forgive and a sense of connectedness and common purpose as well as playfulness if some of those things are in play in the atmosphere in the room then it seems like the work of finding beautiful music is almost all the way done <laughs> and that no matter what the technical level or the ex- level of experience or comfort of the people making music if if those things are in good shape then there's so much possible in stored up in our bodies and our ears um, that's latent and just ready to be let out, and if those things aren't there, then the most experienced and proficient musicians in the world um, can struggle to collaborate to make something that you want to listen to. It's strange. It's and, and true, and you know today I, I discovered that I'm in uh, in the first class that I've taught. At this folk music school in Red Hook, um, that was really based on repertoire. I decided to jump off the cliff and teach an improvisation class that was grounded in the songbook of Lead Belly, the blues and folk um, pioneer of the 30s and 40s. And um, I had teaching a class in vocal harmony using improvisation before at the same school recently, but this class seemed a little crazier because I, I was trying to take the whole songbook of this this amazing 12-string guitar player and blues singer who's from a, an era and a race and a class and a life experience I really have no understanding of and um, and whose songs I really don't know. And just because I was sort of interested in his mystique and felt like there was something there that was at the crossroads of a lot of American music, white and black, rich and poor, urban and rural, uh, sacred and secular, joyful and sad, that he was just sort of, he had access to all these slices and sides of America, and they all came out as him in his incredible cutting voice and his sharp guitar playing, and um, so I wanted to see if I could, as a challenge, to see if I could take Lead Belly, the man, the legend, the prolific song collector and the incredible um, songwriter about the Titanic and Hitler and Jim Crow and Howard Hughes and everything about his period, um, and to, to see if I could take Lead Belly and use his songs as fuel for the same kind of improvisational work with movement and rhythm and singing in a sort of oral call-and-response way and improvising and pushing relatively inexperienced singers to make up their own parts and to sing solo and to move with each other and support each other in getting stronger. So... That was my challenge, and I think the resounding r- information that I got back today is that that is not only desirable, um, but it's really possible. And, and it's, it's natural, even, if the conditions are set up so that people can um, feel comfortable and like they have a shared uh, sense of freedom and fearlessness and playfulness and generosity. And if that's going on, you know, music is coming. Now, I may be a little spoiled because these people who showed up to my class, many of them were actually friends and acquaintances of mine from other parts of my life, uh, which didn't happen for the other class. Interesting. And um, they were all really special and felt like a brave and humanly present group so it felt like they already sort of knew what I wanted to do before I did it like they were really on board Um, but nonetheless it felt like a big achievement that I was able to ask them for what I wanted from them I welcomed them and I put a little uh, electronic candle um, down on the floor the first thing to to say this is Lead Belly maybe he can hear us this is we're here to try to reach him and honor him, so with that sort of devotional purpose in mind, I asked for a quick body, mind, breath, and voice warm up, and then I got quickly into something I called Monin, uh, which is this a ninety second track of Lead Belly, singing something like, mmm, ah something like that, much more mysterious and beautiful. And I did some of that in call and response. And then I had, I, I really, at a leap of faith, I had each one of the class members give some calls and have the group respond. And not everyone felt comfortable with that, but everyone did it. And everyone really offered something of themselves. Uh, and the group responded. So that was a warm-up. Even the warm up was um, crafted towards lead belly, but meant to open space for improvisation. And then I sang a song that I know really well Bring Me Little Water, Sylvie. Bring Me Little Water, Sylvie. Bring Me Little Water, Bring me little water now. Bring Me Little Water, Sylvie. Every little once in a while. And that version is actually, I think, from uh, Sweet Honey in the Rock and Morris Smiley's Voco, which I learned from Rhiannon. Um, but it, it's a song that I think Lead Belly took from the field holler, you know, folk work song tradition and brought it into public consciousness in a way. So I had a stepping together in a circle and singing that song, learning that song, and then... I had us exchanging claps uh, in the manner that the Brazilians call flechas or arrows. It's sort of a theatery exercise where you send a pulse of energy around the circle, and that um, once we were sending those claps, I had us add the song back in, which was sort of a <laughs> it was a coordination moment. It was it's challenging even for me. It was challenging. And then I and then I introduced new parts of the song the B section while we were still had the clap going which is a wonderful ensemble and uh, c- group cohesion type of exercise and people really followed me there so it's like awesome everyone is down with the devotional side everyone is down with the with the bluesy moan and warm up. Everyone's down with learning a song and moving and stretching ourselves rhythmically. And so I went on to a name game and then I did, uh, I did a sort of just rhythmic around the circle, say your name, say your neighbor's name thing. And then I moved it straight into little Sally Walker, which is a, I think one of these ring plays that the, uh, I think even as early as the 19th century that, um, black, children would often play in the South. Um, I know the tradition through Bessie Jones and the Georgia Sea Islanders, but Lead Belly apparently experienced this as a child too. Um, and we went forward from, from that game, um, into, um, uh, into some beautiful, just spontaneous singing. The group didn't want to stop, so we kept singing. Um, and that took us that actually took us close to an hour into the class so after a little break we got together for the last half hour and instead of the immersive improvisational thing that we had been doing before i figured the atmosphere had been broken open enough and there was enough sense of friendliness and rhythm and cohesion and generosity and trust in the room that I felt like I could go back to a format that I'm not as in love with and see what happens. And that's the format where you hand out sheets of paper to everyone. like, And you ask them to turn to page 71, and let's sing Keep Your Hands Off Her by Lead Belly. And um, I picked up my little guitar, and not not the giant 12-string guitar that he used to play, but just a little <laughs> five-string nylon deal. and um, And we sang a few songs. And it was a little jarring to see how much people's souls were sort of stolen away by the paper. Um, You know, the way that the eye contact and the sense of group presence in the room got sucked into our love affair with the look of the words on the page. Um, But I got to say that it sounded really good. And it was was like it allowed us to get through three or four songs in the pines, keep your hands off her, the midnight special, and good night, Irene. Get through the songs a little quicker than we could have um learning them by call and response, and it also allowed us to go around the circle and um sing solo verses um you know, so uh let's see what well, would be a good example. Yonder come Miss Rosie, da 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 da, da 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 da. Umbrella on her shoulder, a piece of paper in her hand, and I do not understand her. Give it some away weather, man, weather midnight special, and shine his light on me. I let the midnight special shine as ever-loving light on me. And the sense of uh, being able to just pass the verses from person to person without having to learn all those words, it was nice. And it was nice to be able to really bring Lead Belly into the room, not just by conjuring his presence in the games we were playing with each other and the way we were moving, but also really to take some of his compositions and his adaptations at face value and move through the songbook in a slightly more rapid and accurate way. So it's a good balance for me. Like, as long as you get the warm up and the improv and the team building stuff first, then when you flip into sort of more homeworky mode or more repertory mode, you feel like you carry some of that good energy and the atmosphere uh, with you. And so you can afford to stare into the paper and lose track of each other, because when you do put the paper down, when you do look up, you have something to refer to. And what is that thing? What is that thing that we're trying to make with each other when we sing together? What is that desire? I think it's the same thing that causes people to do drugs and to fall in love and to eat too much and to dream, I think it's like sort of the desire to reach beyond the limits of your own skin and into the uh, sense of connection with other human beings and the sense of the immediacy of everyone's connection with something that's eternal or something that is deep, so deep and wide that none of us can smudge it, that everyone is just so small and so insignificant, but also so connected and important in their place in it. And when music is feeling balanced and harmonious, with voices singing together, Um, that really is, it's not even just the idea that's conjured in the room. It's really the reality of what happens when the blend takes over and you can hear yourself and you can hear everyone else in the room and you can hear how the whole ensemble of voices adds up to something that is so much bigger than anything that any one of us or even any combination of us could um, generate on our own. And it's easy. It's like we're all being pulled and attracted to the same higher thing. And that thing is not just feeding us and not just satisfying us, but it's also connecting us and unifying us to one another, and it's so funny hearing myself say that. It's just it sounds a little bit like what religion is designed to the itch that religion is designed to scratch, and hearing myself say it, it's, it sounds New Agey, or it sounds cultish, or it sounds optimistic or idealistic and um all i can say is that the concepts on their own don't really seem very <laughs> um plausible to me but the reality of what happens when music takes over and voices come together is that it's it's that we are able to go beyond our own limits and find connection with ourselves and with each other that's just deeper than anything that would seem reasonably possible or worth expecting. And that's what keeps me coming back. The sense of music always renewing our faith in the possibility of union and transcendence.